Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar, and all that fills it. Let the field exult, and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. For he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. Psalm 96, verses 11 to 13. So when I hear this verse, I, I think uh, I think celebration and praise and 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 a sense of oneness with God, and that leads me to sort of um, say one of the reasons why, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the reasons why I uh, decided to uh, build a verse and a commentary around a picture, uh, and here we have. Uh, and here we have a picture of an individual uh, uh, behind, uh, and behind him is this gigantic mountain, which happens to be the Eiger. And, a couple of, and coming across that scene are clouds. And I had panoramic pictures of this. This is actually a, more or less a rectangular picture, but the clouds are kind of a stream and they're being carried by the wind. Uh, and they're obscuring the mountain from time to time, but they're also allowing it to peek out from behind it. And in front of all of this uh, is some land, a huge ravine, and a person, a hiker. And that hiker, uh, it, when you put that person a, a, against the scene behind him, uh, you get a sense of awe, a sense of uh the marvelous beauty that the psalmist is talking about in this psalm. And it, 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 you can't help but feel the sense of, of happiness and joy, song, whatever, that uh, you see in this experience. And you're grateful because this scene is going to change in seconds because that's the nature of how the clouds work and, uh, and everything else. Uh, but it really, I think, works here in, in terms of this psalm. It really supports it visually. Yeah, the, the photo captures the ruggedness of creation. Um, I think of the great explorer. I wouldn't have known probably much about him except that my elementary school was named after him, John Muir, who went across the United States back in some of the... Um, pristine times when we hadn't come in and uh, overtaken creation. And he has accounts of uh, climbing a fir tree and hanging on and watching a storm come blowing in. And the psalmist capture this. Uh, the, the psalmist lived, and especially David, who would have been a shepherd, knew the uh, breaking in of incredible uh, expressions of God's glory and his power in different ways. And um, here the forest sings and the fields exult and uh, there's just this roar of the sea. Uh, it reminds us of how incredible the creator is and it's a call to worship him, to really shrink in our own perspective and get on our knees before the Lord, our maker. Is it also a call to witness to what you just said, to be a witness uh, to it instead of kind of living the vicarious life uh, in front of a television set and a, a couch and thinking that's reality. When you actually witness it, as you explained it, ex uh, the ruggedness, uh, it helps you understand that uh, 
pretty scenes are not necessarily pretty, but they they represent a kind of something about the nature of the world we live in, and and it, it kind of brings out of us uh, parts that may be kind of dormant uh, if we live the the, uh, the well, it's not the quiet life, but the uh, sedentary. Sedentary. That was exactly the word I was looking for. The sedentary life. Yeah. So I would say two prepositions will help us there is witness to it is to get out of our stuck places and bring in creation. So that means changing the pace of our life for those of us who live in urban, suburban areas to get out into that space uh, and reflect on the beauty of God in that. So we're a witness to it, but then a witness of it is to redirect other people to the fact that this is amazing. Maybe this is the bridge or the vehicle for them to rediscover their maker as well.